Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Afternoon and evening, everyone. What a beautiful day it is here in chilly Vero Beach, Florida today. Um, yes, chilly. We're like at 69 degrees. So we think it's chilly, but to everybody else in the rest of the United States and some other places internationally, you're like, yeah, right, 69. That's a heat wave. And speaking of heat waves, um, I I'm so excited that I finally have been able to get Lindsay Anderson on my show. She was scheduled to be on right when I fell and broke my foot and injured my wrist, which is still a problem. And we finally managed to get the dates rescheduled and, and Lindsay is here. And the reason I say talking about a heat wave, I want to, we're going to be talking today about how to light up your internet marketing presence to, so that it is a heat wave of feeding you leads, traffic, um, so that you get business from what you're doing on the web. She's known as One Click Lindsay. She's a web strategy expert. And all of you know, I am all about the strategy. Once you have your strategy plan, then you can figure out your tactics. But if you don't understand web strategy, then what you are going to be doing out there, it's going to be just throwing pasta at the wall to see if it sticks when it's ready. Wouldn't it be better If you can plan your strategy and use the web to produce more traffic and leads. So that is why Lindsay is here. And I know we have so much to talk about. So Lindsay, welcome to the show. Laura, it is my pleasure. I wish it was 79 degrees here. That would be awesome. (laughs) Where are you? I'm in Portland, Oregon. Oh my gosh. So what is it, about 10 or 5 there? (laughs) It's not that bad. It's like 40. (laughs) Well, that's what it was when I woke up this morning. It was 40, and it quickly warmed up to just about 70 right now. That sounds pretty sweet. Well, you're welcome here anytime, and then you can come and be in the studio with me instead of calling in from Portland. It's a date. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So, Lindsay, how did you get the nickname of One Click Lindsay? I've been wanting to ask you that since we first met. Yeah, well, first of all, um, it's a clever marketing thing, right? Like, it's way more memorable to be known as One Click Lindsay than Lindsay Anderson. And I get a lot of compliments on it. When I go and speak at different conferences, people will literally call me One Click Lindsay or OCL for short. So it's definitely working, and I've found that it's pretty cool for my marketing. So that's what my website is and everything like that. But why am I called One Click Lindsay? Let me tell you a little story if you have time. As Laura said, I help generate traffic and leads for small businesses. So I was working for a chiropractor in my small town. Well, I used to live in Idaho. But anyway, I was working for him, and he he was a little nervous, but I had talked him into uh, coming over and using our services. So he was nervous, and we would talk every day. We happened to be in the same building, and so he'd be like, well, how's it going? You know, I'm spending X amount with you. I'm a little bit nervous. Is this working? And I must have said to him 500 times, hey, doc, if I can get the people to make that one click on your website, give and you can get their email address from them, then they will become lifelong clients when they're ready for a chiropractor like you. So it's all about capturing that email address. And I probably said that to him 500 times. Listen, I'm just working on the landing page. Listen, I'm just working on the Facebook ads. If we can just get them to make that one click and give them your email address, then 
they will be your clients. So we made some final tweaks towards the end of the first month, and I woke up the next morning, and he had about 20 leads in, and he called, and he said, well, 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 if it isn't one-click Lindsay, because I continually said this to him. So I thought it was a really great nickname. It described what I do. So one-click Lindsay, that's what I am. So much in life would be so much easier if we can just one-click it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Well, I'm sure you've heard how important um, minimizing clicks on a website is. You don't want people to go to your website and search around for what to do and how to do it because they just won't stay. So it's important in the online world to make things really clear. But yet so many people don't think about that when they're putting together their website. Why do you think that is? Well, I think the online world, Laura, can be really overwhelming for most small business owners. For me, I'm in it all day. I design websites all day. I design landing pages and these kind of campaigns all day long. But for someone who's like a chiropractor or doing any other kind of B2C or even B2B, they don't have time to learn this. All they hear is all these words coming out of Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram and landing pages and click funnels. Like it gets really overwhelming. And I think they just like do the best they can. They put out a website and hope for the best. And I don't blame them because there's just so much information out there. What is the difference in, in your mind's eye between a web strategy and social media? Or is there one? Oh, there's a, there's a huge difference between a web strategy and social media. Social media is just a very small part of web strategy. I don't think most small business owners have a web strategy, but your web strategy would consist of how to drive traffic from social media to your website and what to actually do with that traffic once they get there. And that would be in the form of creating very specific landing pages, creating very specific opt-ins, allowing people to opt-in, and then sending them very specific email addresses based on what they opted in. So as I said, the important part of all, or sorry, just one piece of that is the social media part. And that's, I mean, that's a very valuable part, and it drives amazing traffic for very inexpensive but it's just one part of your social media strategy. Okay, now you mentioned inexpensive. So there's a cost beyond the the initial website in order to um, start driving traffic and leads? Well, um, if you have patience, then you can actually drive traffic without paying anything. So you, if you can get a website up there with specific landing pages, and I'm sure we'll cover landing pages in a bit, in this interview, but you can actually drive traffic if you can go out on your Facebook and you're posting every day and you're on Twitter and you're posting every day and you're on all these other social media channels and you're posting every day. You can drive traffic that way. A small amount of traffic will come from social. If you create really awesome and amazing content, you'll actually get a following, like a natural following out there that you won't ever have to do any paid advertising. If done correctly, you can actually start ranking on search engines without um, hiring an expensive SEO firm. On my website, you can actually find a free webinar that will tell you how to find these specific keywords that you can actually rank for without an SEO firm. There's, There's some tactics you can use, and if you can wait six to nine months, you don't have to put any money into it, and you can start driving some traffic to your website. 
So it takes about six to nine months for things to happen organically? Yes. Definitely. Okay. Uh, from social, it can happen quicker because it just kind of depends on, I mean, as you know, um, some social th- social media things work, some don't. If you find something that works and people are loving you and following you and liking your content, you can drive traffic today from social without using any paid strategies. But in general, a search engine optimization campaign will definitely take six to nine months, and that's with or without hiring a professional SEO team. Like if you go and you hire an SEO firm and they're telling you anything less than this is going to take three to four months to actually start seeing results, you should probably run because that's how long it takes to start ranking on search engines with a professional. Three to four months? Yes. Okay. With a professional. All right. Six to nine months on your own, I'd say. So it's a lot shorter, but there's more of a cost involved. Yes, and you would, in order to rank for more highly trafficked keywords, then you would need an SEO firm. It's a lot like doing your taxes, Laura. Uh, You can go out and you can figure it out for yourself, but you might miss some things. It's going to take a lot of time. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a real headache where if you hire a tax accountant, you're not going to have to, you're not going to have to learn any of those hard lessons. The same is for SEO. If you want to drive a significant amount of organic traffic to your website, you're going to need probably a professional SEO company to do that for you. Now, is what I was talking about before, that would take six to nine months. If you're consistently blogging and you're going after keywords that maybe get between 100 and 500 hits a month, which isn't very much, but it's something, you could probably rank for those kind of keywords in six to nine months on your own without an SEO company. Okay, let's take a step back because okay. I, I know that some of my listeners understood what you were just talking about, and some may not. So explain keywords. Yeah, sure. So, um, well, let's, let's start with the basics of a search engine. So there's three kinds of results that show up in a search engine when you type in anything into a web, into Google. And I say Google, and when I say Google, I mean all search engines, Bing and Yahoo and all of those. So I'm just going to say Google for now, but it encompasses all of those. So when I say keywords, when I go to Google and I type in red tennis shoes, perhaps uh, perhaps 100,000 people will type that into Google every single month. That is a keyword, red tennis shoes. Three types of results come up for Google. The first are paid ads. You'll see those at the top of the website or, or at the top of the search engine results and over to the left or sorry, to the right, and they'll have a little teeny tiny green or yellow tag on them that says ad. Those are paid ads. People are going to Google and saying, hey, Google, every time someone clicks on me, I'm willing to spend whatever the going rate is, it's an auction out there, for every time someone clicks on my website. Now, keep in mind, doesn't mean they've become a customer, doesn't mean they opted in, doesn't mean anything. It's literally a click. So that can be anywhere from $0.10 to $65, depending on how competitive those keywords are. So those are paid ads. That'll get you on the search engines today. The second is if you are a brick-and-mortar business and you're doing what's called local results, like you're a chiropractor or you have a physical address or you're a restaurant, you will see on Google a map show up with, uh, with letters corresponding to different places. Those are called local results. That's the second type. 
type of result returned from a search engine. And the third is organic results. The most popular results where 90% of the people are clicking, those are like the real meat of the search engine and where you want to be in order to get customers, typically. Okay, that's, that's perfect. That's perfect to lead us into our first commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to be here with Lindsay Anderson, a.k.a. One Click Lindsay. We're going to talk more about keywords and where you actually put them so that you get found. We'll be right back. Success comes from not only what you know, but also who you know. Welcome back to It's All About the Questions with award-winning author Laura Stewart. Lindsay, before the the break, we were talking about keywords, and you talked about the different kinds of keywords and like red tennis shoes, those kind of things. Where do you put the keywords after you've come up with them? We can even go into a whole other conversation on how you come up with them, but let's talk about you've got your keyword. Where does it go on your website for maximum value? Perfect. So here's the deal. Let me explain just a little bit about Google, how Google works. So Google takes into account over 400 factors in determining who comes up first for when someone types in those keywords. Google wants to make sure the very most relevant websites come up first because if I type in red tennis shoes into Google and I get blue tennis rackets, then chances are I'm not going to use Google anymore and I'm going to go over to Bing and Google will be irrelevant and not make any money. So it's in Google's best interest that they figure out a way to automatically bring up the most relevant content for these keywords. And how do they do that? They do that through two types of search engine optimization, and that's called off-site and on-site. So right now I'm going to tell you about the most important on-site factors, and then I'm going to go into the number one off-site factor. So on-site factors, for those of you who have a website or if you're in the process of building a website, let me tell you, I am going to recommend that you get that built on the WordPress platform. Like 90% of the websites on the web are built on WordPress. Um, You want WordPress because it's cheap, it's inexpensive. If you and your web developer get divorced, you're going to be able to easily find a new WordPress web developer to take his place. Um, And not only that, WordPress has tons and tons of free plugins. It's a wonderful way to host or have your website on it. So one of these free plugins for those of us who are on WordPress is called Yoast SEO Plugin. It's free. You can get that installed on your WordPress website. You type in the focus keyword, the keyword we talked about, red tennis shoes, in a field, and Yoast SEO plugin will basically go through and say, hey, you need to use the word red tennis shoes three to five times in your blog post. You're only using it twice. You need to use it three more times. Hey, you need to make sure it's in your description tag and your title tag, and you need to make sure it's here and there and everywhere else. And so using a thing like Yoast SEO will walk you step-by-step through how to do this. Um, What do you do with the keywords? What does Yoast tell you? These are extremely technical things. They're fairly technical that depending on what platform your website is built on, you may or may not even have access to. So what I recommend is that you do a quick Google search, where do I put my keywords on my website if you don't have access to Yoast SEO? and send that to your web developer and make sure that these are being placed correctly on your website. Like I said, Laura, I could go into it, but um, it's fairly technical and people might get a little bit bored. So so it sounds like one of the places you want to make sure you put your keywords is in your blog, if you have a blog. Absolutely. 
You've got you've got to use that keyword in the content. Con, um, for content is king, and that's because Google will make sure that you're using that three to five times. Well, depending on how long your blog article or your pages, you will not rank on Google if you do not use that keyword. Okay, so you mentioned the blog. You mentioned the title. So the title of yep. the blog or the title of your your website. So like, let's use my radio show. Um, I have a it's all about the questions.com, which feeds to laurastewart.com. So are, okay. you, so are you saying that there's something that sits behind that that should have red tennis shoes if the show was about red tennis shoes? Yeah, well, um, I, yes, I would definitely create a blog post where the title of the blog post was Red Tennis Shoes, the page name was Red Tennis Shoes, I would use the word Red Tennis Shoes three to five times in the text of that, I would, um, I would link out to other people talking, at, uh, reputable sites talking about Red Tennis Shoes, Google likes it when you link to high authority sites talking about your topic. I would name all of the pictures, something to do with red tennis shoes, the picture names, the literal file name. I would bold the keywords red tennis shoes. Those are all the things I would do on the website. There's a meta description, which is when I Google red tennis shoes on Google and your website comes up, there's a descriptor. I would put the definitely put the word red tennis shoes in that descriptor. That's called a meta description. And okay, the no. other thing I go okay, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Um, and then the other thing, the one of the number one thing that Google takes into account when deciding who it ranks for search engine optimization is how many inbound links a website has. So basically, they view that as a vote of of confidence. So if you have a hundred websites pointing at you saying, "Hey, oneclicklindsay.com is an awesome website," a hundred people are saying that, then my website is reputable. Even better if these websites are. Um, like a .edu website or a Fox News or something, and they're pointing to me because those are extremely reputable sites. So the more links you have pointing at you or different articles on your site, the higher you will rank in search engines as well. Okay, and I would think that one important thing is to make sure that if you're using a popular keyword of red tennis shoes, that your site actually is about red tennis shoes. I would imagine that at some point, it could go work against you if you're trying to use keywords to get to your site and it's really nothing about it? Yes. Google, like I said, Google takes into account 400 factors. It's not like they release, uh, it's more than 400. It's not like they release this list and say, hey, this is what we're looking at. Google is constantly changing that algorithm. And so your best bet is, yeah, your site has to be on the up and up, be about that topic. Do not trick people. Do not have some spammy landing page, like it has to be legit information about that keyword and you will, you know, you'll have a better chance of ranking. Okay. What is one thing that you've have found that most websites are missing? Yes. So that's a, that's a, that's a great question. Um, 99% of uh, what most websites are missing is an opt-in. So what I mean by that is when people come to your website, we'll just use my website, trafficandleads.com. When people come there, they're looking to increase traffic and leads for their company. Um, what, 99% of people aren't going to call me. They're not going to leave an email. That's just how business is. They're just kind of looky-loos. They're looking around, seeing what their options are. 
what you must have on your website is you want to try to capture that person's email address. You're going to have a huge, you're going to have a better chance of capturing their email address than having them call you or contact you. And if you can do that, you can continue to email market to them, which is really, really powerful. Um, so is how you do that is you offer them an irresistible offer. Maybe that is a free PDF of your deepest, darkest secrets or for your company, like telling someone how to do themselves. Like for me, my irresistible offer on my website is 14 days to more traffic and leads. And literally, this is a 14-day email course where I tell you all of my secrets. Hey, go and do this. Go and do that. Every day you get a, a piece of information on how to increase traffic and leads. And these are things that are going to get you immediate results. So I capture everyone's email address that comes that I can that comes to my website. Then I have their email address and I can continually contact them through email marketing until they're ready to make that buying decision. So what are most websites missing? It's some sort of way to convince someone to give them their email address. And that is a perfect way to go into the news break. So we're going to tease everybody with what we're going to be talking about after the news break. We're going to be talking about how you actually convert all of that traffic into actual clients using opt-ins and using different other tactics and strategies that Lindsay is so brilliant at. So we'll be right back with more with Lindsay Anderson on It's All About the Questions. Welcome back, everyone. We are here with One Click Lindsay, alias Lindsay Anderson, who is a web strategy expert, and she works with small business owners to help them use the web to produce more website traffic and leads. And the first half of the show, we were talking about the first part of it. How do you build sort of that back end, get the keywords um, and Lindsay, you did an amazing job educating us about keywords, about how Google works, and then um, telling us that the biggest thing missing that you see most people's websites are opt-ins. Let's talk about that from that opt-in. You know, it's great that you can get traffic to your website, but it really doesn't matter if you get one person to your website or 100,000 people to your website if nothing converts from there. So how do you go about making that traffic turn into a client? Awesome. Great question. So that's the, that's the secret, right? Um, I talked in the last segment about how important email is and email marketing. And a lot of people that are starting this online marketing journey, when I say the word email marketing, they go and duck or slam doors in my face, stuff like that. Because uh, when, we, when we think email marketing, we think spam, we think bugging people, we think used car salesman tactics. But really, it's not. You've got to get over that hump and you've got to be cool with sending people email. Email marketing is super effective because people read their email. If they've opted in and you've collected their email address legitimately and you've told them what to expect, they're wanting to hear from you and you can deliver to them. So in the previous segment, I talked about my 14 days to more traffic and leads. So when people come to my website, they opt in. They're literally raising their hand, Laura, and saying, yes, One Click Lindsay, can you please send me an email a day for the next 14 days telling me something? How powerful is that? They're seeing my name in their email box for 14 days. I'm giving them amazing content for 14 days. Um, when they're ready to spend money on traffic and leads or they want to sign up for a lower-level program of mine, who do you think they're going to choose? They're going to choose me because 
they're used to me, they see me, they trust me, and email marketing is so powerful that way. So how do you turn it into that? You give them an irresistible offer. Maybe that's a free PDF telling them, I'll just give you an example. I have another chiropractor client. One of his demographics he serves is gals who are pregnant. And so we created a PDF, 10 ways to ease your back pain that are, uh, during pregnancy that are safe. So they go to his website. We know they're typing in Pregnancy Portland, Oregon. Up pops the website, the landing page, specifically for pregnant gals in Portland, Oregon. And there's a beautiful picture of a pregnant gal on there. And we say, hey, you can call the doctor and set up an appointment if your back hurts. Otherwise, look, it's a free PDF where you can do this all yourself. And they opt in. And then after they opt in, we have an automatic sequence of email emails going out to them for the next month, checking in. Hey, did you read this? Oh, I just had a pregnant client say this to me after she performed XYZ exercise. And we're constantly emailing them helpful hints. Hey, did you get that PDF? And we're just like, we're always in front of their face. So when and if they decide a chiropractor is for them, of course they're going to pick my client. And that's how you do it. It's through the power of email marketing that you turn these leads into customers. All right. Now the emails that you're sending out, they are providing value all along the way. Now yours, the one that's on your website, trafficandleads.com, the 14 days for more traffic and leads, you're sending that every day. Is that the the best way to do it or the more common way is an everyday thing or are there statistics showing that perhaps every other day once a week or is it just the consistency of providing an email touch point with value awesome so um i'll tell you what the statistics saying or the statistics are saying the more you email these folks on your email list the better so there's a lot of case studies and a lot of customers of mine that email people every single day. Now, that might be extremely overwhelming for some small business owners, especially those just getting started. So you do not have to email these people every day for email marketing to work. That's just what the statistics are saying. It's still going to be super effective to be consistent. If that consistency for you is sending out a Friday email with your latest blog post or your latest video or your latest tip, so be it. But you must, must, must be consistent. So I don't care how much you're emailing people. It has to be consistent because what will happen is small business owners will get so excited about email marketing and sending these emails and blogging and they'll do it you know, once a week for a month and then they'll skip because it's summer or whatever, and they won't email these people for three or four weeks. Then they'll re-email them again, starting back up again, and is what will happen on that when they start re-emailing, tons of people will unsubscribe because they will say, I don't, did I sign up for this? Who is this person? Where did you come from? And they will unsubscribe. So I don't care how often you do it, Laura, just do it consistently. And how long? Or how short should the emails be? Is there Don't a number? Care. It doesn't matter. It depends on the industry. What I personally do is when people opt in for that 14 days to more traffic and leads, they get an email every day for 14 days. And then at the end of that series, then I say, hey, since we're you know such good friends, I also send out a weekly email that will give you an actionable tip on how to create more traffic and leads. If you don't want to be on that list, please unsubscribe now. 
and then I basically they go into my weekly email list unless I'm holding a webinar or I have a new program, then I email them more often. So um, that's what I personally do. Um, it just depends on, like, I have, I mean, my clients are just all over the board, but that's what I do. Okay. Is at what point in the emails that are going out when you've converted somebody and they've opted in, do you start trying to do a sale from within that email? Um, again, depends on your industry. I have clients that whose followers and people who opt in are so excited and ready to buy that they will, they will, we will do a sales email immediately. Other clients, if you're like kind of a business coach or you're offering services similar to mine, we do it in more of a subtle way where we include it with a testimonial. Hey, this customer signed up for my Ultimate Traffic and Leads membership program for $50 a month, and this is what they had to say. Are you struggling with landing pages? You should absolutely go and join my program. We will help you through that. Um, it's like teaching through selling um, is how I like to do some. But on the other hand, um, I have a doctor from Canada. She is a naturopath. She helps people um, specifically with um, uh, estrogen deficiency. When people opt into her estrogen deficiency ebook, they want to make an appointment. They are in pain. They want that pain alleviated. So we are able to sell them with a consult with her office in the first email without people unsubscribing. So it's, it's a testing thing. Okay. So you need to know your audience and you need to try different ways of doing it. Now, we're not yep. talking about sending an email from your email, right? You're, That's you're, right. you're using it with specific kinds of products. I switched over from Entreport to ConvertKit recently. Um, I know I went the other way, but I was like, you know what? I don't need everything that Entreport's doing. I can do it just as effectively with ConvertKit. Is there one email autoresponder system CRM that you like over another? No, actually, I love ConvertKit. I personally swapped over to ConvertKit as well. I have customers on Infusionsoft. I have customers on... I mean, like every system uh, that you can name. Um, so I don't really care what you use. If you're just getting started and you're just getting, dipping your toe into this online marketing thing, go out to MailChimp. It's free for a certain amount of subscribers. You can get these forms on your website um, uh, pretty easily. And so MailChimp is free unless you want to do the autoresponder, which is like 10 bucks a month. But who can't afford 10 bucks a month to basically help yourself? So... If you're just getting started, MailChimp is a totally great program you can start with. I know when I had my tech company, we used Constant Contact, and it was yep. like $10 a month. Let's see, I sold my company in 2009, and we were using Constant Contact for several years uh, before then with our email marketing and things that we were doing. And it's very simple, most of these, the MailChimps, the Constant Contacts, even ConvertKit is so simple that for the average person, you don't need to go up to the levels of Infusionsoft or, or Entrepreneur. No, no. And the reason why you don't want to send them out, like you don't want like a VA or you don't want to send them out of your, you know, your Gmail account is first of all, if you send a thousand emails from Gmail, they'll stop you. They won't allow you to do it. Spam. Second of all, <laughs> 
Yes, Pam. Second of all, you're not going to get any statistics. You're not going to know how many people opened your email. Um, most of these programs will tell you exactly who opened your email and when they opened it and what links they clicked on. So very powerful stuff here. Um, so you want to use one of these programs to get all those valuable statistics. I, I, I love that, that it's a matter of crafting the emails. Any suggestions on the tone of your emails, or is it a personal thing? Um, my recommendation is is that you sit down and you pretend you're writing to your perfect customer. You're literally having a conversation. Um, that's that's the best way to do it. We will write these for our clients because some of our clients don't have time to write them. When we when my writers sit down, they will sit down and like pretend they're talking to one person. Um, Sometimes like the e-zines, when you're getting all these fancy graphics and you're taking a corporate tone, those don't get as much like interaction. Um, you want to have just like a real personal tone and, and those are, those are going to be the most effective. Like it's literally an email coming from you, but it's kind of automatic. I, lo- I love that. And you know, one of the things when I send out emails, I often try to pose a question because my thing is questions. <laughs> Yeah, and speaking of questions, and yeah, I mean, that goes along with your branding, obviously, but um, in the middle of most of the series that we write for clients, we will say, hey, I've taught you all these things about trafficandleads.com. If you wouldn't mind taking a moment and replying to this email and letting me know your biggest questions, your biggest concerns, your biggest struggles, that would really help me. And so since you've given people all of this awesome information, they feel the need to reciprocate. And so uh, oftentimes they will email you back, which is really, first of all, valuable for your deliverability rates because if you're using any of these email systems, they like it when people respond to emails. They'll like give you, they won't send you to spam as much. Okay, and, and that's perfect. All, we're going to go into the last commercial break and we're going to talk some more about that because I think it's such a key topic. So we'll be right back with more from One Click Lindsay. Lindsay, you've got opt-ins now, right? Because all of my listeners are now going to be looking all over their websites and going, oh, I don't have a good opt-in with a, a gift or something that I'm giving them. And they're, they're now going to be running out and retyping their email responders. What happens next? I mean, inside your emails, people often have offers, right? Here's a program that I'm doing. What happens when somebody clicks on a link? Are they going to, you know, I know about landing pages and web pages, but a lot of my listeners don't. What is the difference between a landing page and a web page? Great questions, Laura. So let's just talk about a, a website. What is a website? Every company needs a corporate website where it's a website we all know. When you Google the company name, then up pops the website. You have your home and about us and contact us and products and services and everything you ever wanted to know about a company. That is a website. There's tons of different options. There's tons of different places to go. People can go and just figure out everything about you. That is the cornerstone of your web strategy is your website. Now, off of that are what's called landing pages. When you run any kind of paid traffic, or you're getting um, a lot of traffic from a specific keyword, maybe organically, you want to have what's called landing pages. I talked about it in a previous segment. For example, the chiropractor client that has lots of uh, pregnant gals as his client, a landing page for him would look for, for, if we're driving paid traffic for pregnancy uh, backache in Portland, Oregon, chiropractic care, Portland, Oregon, we're sending all of that paid traffic to a landing page. What does that look like? It has a, 
a picture of a pregnant girl. Like, there's no doubt that this is for pregnancy care. We list off his credentials as it applies to uh, prenatal care. We have a form on there that is, hey, opt in for this backache. There's no other menu items. It's obviously there is one call to action on this landing page. It's extremely clear what you want people to do. They can't click around. It has testimonials. It convinces you to do one and only one action. And that's what they typically a gigantic red button. That is a landing page. My chiropractor client that I was just talking about, yes, he has a website and he offers services to so many different kinds of demographics, but this specific landing page is just for his prenatal care. He has probably 20 different landing pages. Prenatal care, did you get hurt at work? Um, Maybe you have uh, feet problems is another landing page. So all of these landing pages are extremely specific. So what are the best characteristics of a good landing page? Uh, definitely copy. A lot of people won't spend time or money creating convincing copy on a landing page. It has to be succinct. It has to talk people into doing it. I recommend having a video on there for people to watch just talking about this offer, not talking about anything else. You want bulleted items because people will scan them. You want a form and you want a big button that says, hey, uh, I'm in or buy now or whatever you want them to do, that one action, that is a landing page. Again, a business may have 50 landing pages, but one website. Do you create those just with WordPress or are there other tools that are more effective for creating those? There's uh, lots and lots of tools available for creating effective landing pages. If you are in WordPress, I recommend personally one called Thrive Themes. It's $100. It's a one-time fee, and there's tons of templates in there that will allow you to build effective landing pages just on your WordPress website. What was that again? Thrive Themes. Okay. Um, and it's super, like, also the cool thing about Thrive Themes is there's an automatic connection between the landing page and the email autoresponders. Like, it connects with, like, all the popular autoresponders, MailChimp, uh, uh, Infusionsoft, all of these. And it's, like, with a click of a button, you can get people from your landing page into the email list. So Thrive Themes is an amazing one that I highly recommend. Lead Pages is a great one. My personal favorite is ConvertKit, um, but all of these will work. I don't care how you're making these landing pages. Just do them, and you want to use this piece of software. You want to use these softwares because it will it will allow you to do what's called A-B testing. So um, maybe you have an offer for a free PDF or an offer for an audio download. You can put these two landing pages up against each other, Every time traffic comes in, you can the, the software will automatically divide it, and you can see which offer does better. So you always want to be testing, and these pieces of software, lead pages, Thrive Themes, ConvertKit, all of these will help you do these A-B tests to determine which one does best. So that's really important. Okay. The content's important. How you deliver it's important. But the most thing, what the theme I constantly am getting throughout our conversation is consistency. That yeah, yeah. people need to be consistent in, in their websites and how they're communicating to their audiences. Yes. Okay, great. Now, you're a good student, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I listen very carefully when I have my guests on the show because I learn from my guests just as much as my listeners do. 
So I always have guests on who um, end up doing these great ahas for me. Like, oh, wait, I'm not doing that yet. I need to do that. So I just realized yeah. I need to change something inside ConvertKit for myself to uh, do more regular um, stuff with my podcast since I just tur- turned over to ConvertKit. I just realized I forgot to turn on the little button so that every time I post up the podcast replay from the show, it automatically goes out to my list. I hadn't oh. turned that on because we were still testing the site and testing all of the sequences. So I need to go turn that on. Yeah, definitely. Because you can have all the great stuff, but if you don't turn it on and take that moment and step out, you're, you're not, nothing's going to work with it. So, Lindsay, I've had several people um, send me little notes that they want to know how the best way is to reach out to you and sign up for different things that you're doing. Yeah, so the best way to, to find me is at my website, OneClickLindsay.com. You can spell that however you want, OneClickLindsay.com. My company's website is TrafficAndLeads.com. Um, either one of those places, you're going to be able to find out more about me. Perfect. And last thought you'd like to share with my listeners. I may as well repeat it again, Laura. Be consistent. If you decide to do this online marketing thing, if you decide to start posting on social media and email marketing and doing all this, You've got to be consistent. Um, if you're doing, especially if you're doing it on your own, you've got to put your head down for three to six months and just do it. If um, people aren't responding to your social media quite yet or you're getting unsubscribes from your emails, make a personal goal. I will do this for three to six months and you will see it work for, for your company. And if you don't, then you need to shake things up a little bit? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Then you need to reach out to me. And I will help you. (laughs) Or or reach out to you sooner so that you're not spending six to nine months and, you know, maybe your business isn't doing as well because you've waited six to nine months when working with somebody like yourself, even just a a one consult might help. Yeah, if you don't mind, I have a really cool program. It's $50 a month because there's so many people that want to do this for themselves, but they might need just a little bit of guidance. For $50 a month, you get like a free Facebook group. My entire staff of 10 is supporting that Facebook group. So maybe you have a landing page that doesn't convert or an email sequence that isn't quite right. You can post those in the group and we will help you. We will say, oh, do this okay. or try this. Because we're running out so, of time. How do they find out sorry. about that program? OneClickLindsay.com? Uh, yep. Yep. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Laura. I know I've gotten a lot out of it, everybody. So um, the show will be up on podcast, or perhaps you're already listening to it on podcast because uh, we do do it live on iHeartRadio. Remember, everybody, the right questions truly can change your life. So what are you asking today? Have a great day, everyone. And remember, if you don't know what questions to ask, just reach out to me, Laura at laurasteward.com. I am here to help. Have a great day. Listening to it's all about the questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.